Hello, and welcome to Season 5 of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you could call me Shibble. And I'm Ethan Sereski, and the opposite of a teabag is a tulip. Who knew? So... That would be uh, a tulip is uh, water that is designed to be kept out of uh, dried tea leaves. No, no. Contrary to popular belief, a tulip is when you're sleep. Say you're sleeping, right? Okay, God, I wish I was. And say a lady came up and put her vulva on your face. Okay, so things are going great so far. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a tea bag for a lady. It's a lady tea bag. Okay. LTB, as I call them. Well, there you go. We're learning something every day. And what else I would love to learn is the premise of the show, Ethan. Can you possibly explain it to me and any new listeners that we might have today? I already did. It's when a lady puts her... Oh, the premise of the show. Yes, yes. Yes. Like the premise of your morning. (laughs) Like all all episodes of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us, me this week, Ethan... Mm has done extensive research on a ghost, ghoul, goblin, or demon of some kind. And the other one of us, Shibble, you, has done absolutely nothing except wait for me to come bring this information to you. Mm. You're going to play the audience surrogate, asking the questions their hearts are burning with desire to know as you figure out what this cryptid monster demon ghoul is. And this week, this week's cryptid is... What is it, Shibby? Is it... Paul Bunyan? It is Paul Bunyan. That the is big this man? week's monster. Yes. God, the original American giant? The American hero, Paul Bunyan. That's right. The uh, the huge, monstrous giant. That's, that's, so that's so normally, I don't know much about our, our, our monsters, our subjects. But obviously... Being a dude that grew up in the United States, I've heard of Paul Bunyan. I got a little bits and pieces of Paul Bunyan. Now. Well, don't get you know, don't get nuts. You know, I mean, you're overconfident. I, I, me thinks. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm excited to separate fact from fiction. Let's get to know the real Paul Bunyan. Well, why don't you do me a favor, Shibby? Why don't you tell me? Let's start from the same place we always start. Let's not go nuts just because okay. you've heard of the guy. You know. Why don't you tell me in your mind, your little mind's eye, when I mm-hmm. say Paul Bunyan, what do you picture? What do you see? Okay. I picture a very tall man. <laughs> he's, he's very tall. And he's he's kind of dressed like the brawny paper towel man. How tall is he? I am going to say he is as tall as the Statue of Liberty. So <laughs> a, a couple hundred feet tall. Okay. That's big. Yeah. He's a big boy. Um, and, and he's dressed like the paper towel man. And he's dressed like the paper towel man because he's a lumberjack. Oh, I see. Uh, and uh, he's got big old foot, big old boots for his big old feet. I like, I like the combination. He's got foots, like yeah, I, for his foot. I, we're streamlining things in season five. You know <laughs> what I mean when I say foots? He's got shoots, his shoes for his foot. Yes, the <laughs> shoes that got over the boots for his foot. Uh, so. And I'm going to say, um, okay, I got one question just before we, you tell sure, me about that. Please. Because I'm, 
I feel like whenever we're talking about uh, white dudes in American history, just be safe. Tell me, did he own slaves? You know, I want to say yes, but there's no evidence. All right. Okay. Good news, everybody. Paul Bunyan, we have no proof of him owning slaves. Thank God. Uh, So we can discuss Paul Bunyan with a clean conscience. Knock wood. We've avoided a big American history pitfall. But can you tell me more about Paul Bunyan? Can you tell me how right or wrong I was? You actually touched on something very interesting. Mm-hmm. Why is it, do you think, he didn't own slaves? Probably because he was so fucking big. Any uh, labor that he was planning on doing would be trivial to him. Shibby, if he was an American, he owned slaves, though, right? I mean, if he was an American, he benefited from a... If he was a white American, which I'm pretty sure he was white, uh, he benefited from a system of slavery, certainly. Right. Certainly. Okay, well, that's something... Let's put a pin in that. Okay. So, can you tell me, am I right? Am I wrong? How far off base am I? You are right on. You are okay. very close uh, with your with your guesses about Paul Bunyan. And I think the only real way to explain Paul Bunyan, great American hero, mm. is via uh, song, poem. Mm. Those are okay. But I'm I think sure narrative- we could find any number of dozens of songs about Paul Bunyan. Yes, of course. Like Paul Bunyan. You've heard that one. Yeah, we've all heard the one that Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan. That one's the most famous one of all of them. Yeah, obviously. We all know. (laughs) Audience, (laughs) sing along. Paul Bunyan. Bunyan. And that tells you all you really need to know. But I'd like to go with narrative fiction. How does that uh, tickle your fancy? Oh, my God. I can't believe we're six minutes in and I you have teed me up perfectly for a diversion. This morning, I watched a movie called Tickled. Did you ever see this one? Uh, no, but is it about a fetish? Yes. <laughs> it is about, uh, allegedly going to be about uh, the world of uh, competitive endurance tickling, uh, which within the first 10 minutes of the movie, it is revealed is not a sport. Uh, but it's in fact a very specific fetish that a very rich man is conning people into indulging by telling them that it's a sport. That is so smart. Wait, so I could start a sport called competitive oral sex, uh, oral sexing, and I could create a league for really pretty young ladies to compete in. Yes, if that was the fetish you wanted to indulge in and how you wanted to spend your money. The thing is, because it's tickling and it's so relatively innocent, like I'm going to say this guy is, the throughout the course of the film, it reveals that he has created like a global network of fetish video producers. Oh my God, this is so that smart. That go out and recruit young men for him. And like, I'm going to say he spend probably less than two mil over the course of 20 years of getting bespoke tickling content made just for him which is really cheap when you think about like that's 20 years of catering to your exact fetish uniquely by hundreds of thousands of people or yeah and i'm gonna say he's generated hundreds and hundreds of hours of content wow i'd like i mean i'm not interested interested in the content i I, i'd like to get the the oral sex league up and running well check out the documentary tickled for some (laughs) tips tricks and tactics but check out this amazing narrative fiction we have coming down the pike if you want to learn about paul bunyan because it's story time it's story time story time 
It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time! Story time. It's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story, story time! time! The great American hero Paul Bunyan goes to the bar. Hmm. <laughs> the great American hero, you, Paul Bunyan, grunts and swings your mighty axe through the air. You fell six more trees in one mighty swing. You sneer at the newly dead lumber, turn and hawk out an equally mighty wad of mucus that rains down on several of the other lumberjacks who have come to expect such precipitation and are thus dressed in rain slickers. Mm. The other lumberjacks didn't cheer anymore when you did the multi-tree thing, or anything else for that matter. They hate you. Mm. Hey, fuck you, Fabian! Your name is not actually Paul Bunyan, of course. That's a publicity thing. You're not a, a great American hero. In mm. fact, you're not even American. You are asshole French lumberjack Fabian Fournier. You <laughs> had tried to monetize your freakish size and strength with the old Saginaw Joe nickname, but that never really caught on. So when the American ad men had come up with Paul Bunyan and the people loved you, you stuck with it. You turned to the lumberjack with the problem and without warning, stomp on him. Murdering him on the spot. <laughs> Oops, you say, because that made it an accident. The logging corporation had massive insurance for incidents like these. It was dangerous to have a giant cryptid working on your logging site, and accidents like these did happen. You again spit on the smashed carcass and turned to your famed working animal and friend, Babe the Blue Ox. Babe was nowhere near as big as the story said. He was just a particularly large ox. He was also pink, not blue, and his name was Brinny. Not as good. <laughs> no. Hey, babe, I smashed him good, didn't I? You say with a dark laugh as you clock out with your comically oversized time card. <laughs> Brinny doesn't answer because he is Brinny and doesn't yet uh, recognize the name Babe. So you kick him in the ribs, leaving Babe on his side wheezing. This makes you hysterical because pain is funny to you because you're an evil Canadian cryptid, not a great American hero that we've all read about. Adolphus Blinky Robertson runs to aid the pink ox, as he is not just the site stonemason, but the town veterinarian as well. Mm. It'll be fucking fine. Let him catch his breath, you say with another dark chuckle. You leave the site without the stupid pink ox, which you've tried to dye blue on several occasions, much to the disappointment of the animal. That blinky idiot always took care of him when you were off-site. You headed to the only other place you ever headed, and that was the local watering hole, Sixes. It was owned by a woman who looked like the actress, the actress who would play Six from Blossom over a century later, hence the name. Mm. You did your usual bunion act at the bar, slinging profanity at minorities, harassing the barmaids, and delighting tourists by using your bizarre double set of teeth to bite through huge wooden beams. Jesus Christ. That was your main party trick, really. Uh, you picked a few fights, but no one wanted to brawl this evening. Probably because you're 14 feet tall and carrying an axe. Whew. Once you are good and drunk, a lady who looked a lot like old Adolphus Blinky Robertson in a dress serves you one last drink. That is the last thing you remember before the dark washes over your vision and overtakes your existence. You wake up and it is still night. 
The pitch black beats down upon you like the rays of an anti-sun, and you move to get up from your prone position. However, you are tied down to the ground with an intricate web of rope and metal cables and knots and cannot move. You feel like Gulliver, but much more of a French asshole. Mm. First, a black lumberjack approaches you at eye level. Fabian, you're despicable. Remember the time you raced that mechanical logging machine and tree splitting? That was John Henry's thing. That completely sucked and was a total, total rapist, rapist, racist ripoff. What an asshole. He then shoves a blade into your side. You scream in pain as you feel warmth leaking over your body. Next, a group of prostitutes that you remember harassing and assaulting regularly approaches you and begins stabbing you in the genital area with spears made from the trees you'd felled earlier that day. Next, a group of children that you'd promised ice cream to, only to shit on it and then serve to them, approached you and beat your kneecaps with iron mallets while you cry out for mercy that would never come. Thankfully, your blue ox, Babe, gallops up to save the day. Unfortunately, he will not follow your commands because he hates you, he is not blue, and his name is Brinny. The ox kicks at your ribs as they snap under, under the powerful blows. Mm. You are bloodied and beaten, strapped down to the ground as the town punishes your wickedness. Thankfully, it is over soon as they believe that you have learned your lesson. Or so you think. Because unfortunately, cryptid French assholes like you do not ever learn their lesson. Adolphus Blinky Robertson sneaks up from behind your enormous body with his mason's hammer. He brings it down on your skull for all of the men you've slaughtered in brawls. He brings it down again for himself and the women and children. Finally, the veterinarian Mason brings it down hardest for Brinny, whom he has always loved. The Mason's hammer cracks what the town thought to be an impenetrable skull, and cheers pierce the air as the giant's brain matter begins to leak through the skull fracture and Paul's consciousness takes leave. Paul half wakes in searing pain, again tied in complete submission with the entire town of Bay City, Michigan watching. He is in the center of a giant straw representation of himself, a hero inside of an idol. The town watches solemnly as Blinky Robertson tosses the flaming torch your way. You, Paul, light up inside the straw immediately and begin to scream. There would be no escape for the brawling, cursing, violent drunkard. The myth would end here, and all the states would be free of the reign of terror. One thought continued to haunt Paul as the flames licked and kissed at his flesh, sending a barbecued char smell smoking through the gathering. Maybe I didn't rape enough. Because that's the kind of guy you, Paul Bunyan, are. As you burn, the town felt lighter, and everyone's heart grew a size larger, as as they had dispatched the terror that had plagued them since the Revolutionary War. The one good that would come out of this was the display of your remains at the University of Michigan's dental school. They had never seen a double row of teeth before. The end. Wow. Great story. Great story. (laughs) Thank you very much. Is this the first one where it turned out that you were the cryptid? I I don't know. I I, I don't think we've done that before. I I, I guess not. I don't know. Well, very fresh take and a lot of surprises. And a little Burning Man in there. And yeah, and a little bit of the Wicker Man. Wicker, I was thinking Burning Man's Wicker Man. I mean, they also do that at Burning Man. It's a little bit of both. Oh, you're right. That's what. That's why it was in my head. I guess Burning Man takes it from Wicker Man. That would be my assumption. Yeah. Uh. So okay. So I'm a 14 foot tall asshole 
French asshole. To French French or French Canadian? French Canadian. French Canadian asshole with two sets of teeth. 14 two, yeah. feet tall. That's a big boy. And you wonder why he didn't own slaves. He was Canadian. Ah, a lot tougher to own slaves up there. Yeah. Otherwise, he surely would have. Oh, yeah. He sounds like the type. Yeah, he was a dickhead. Okay. So not, not the figure of whimsy that tall tales would have me believe. No, no, he wasn't very nice. And you also, you're presupposing that he's a cryptid. Yeah, oh, yeah, because he's 14 feet tall and carries an axe and, um, and you know, has a, has a big ox that is like his best friend, I guess, but he hates him. I don't know. Now, being 14 feet tall, a uh, humanoid certainly does make one sound like an undiscovered species of animal. So I will grant with an axe too. I add the axe. It's like the goat man. I mean, what's the difference between him and goat man? I mean, other than he's bigger. Well, I would say this is something that I've been meaning to talk to you about. And let's kick off season five with this one. What do you think a cryptid is? I think when I say cryptid, what's the definition to you? I think a cryptid is an undiscovered um, species uh, on earth. Um, either a single, a singular being or, a uh, you know, a group, um, mm. uh, 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 even a civilization. Okay. Uh, of undiscovered animal. Okay. Okay. With that's a, fair. With a range of intelligences and abilities. Okay. Uh, but the, no, no magical aspects here. So you're thinking that he might be, a... well, I said a range of abilities, you know, some, no, so you would fold magic into cryptid. Uh, yeah, I think they can certainly be magic. That's fair. Okay. Uh, so you're thinking he's a different species from humanity. Giant. He's a giant. Okay, so he's not just like a human with a glandular problem. No, he no, he's not like... Um... He's not like Andre the Giant. <laughs> Did, I think... I don't think he was... I think that was, he was just big. I think George Mirazan was like a giant. He's not a minute bull. Right, right. He No, he's a giant like Hagrid. Okay. okay. Well, Hagrid's a half giant. He's like Hagrid's brother. Yeah. His half brother. Half brother. Oh, no, his brother is a half giant. Yeah. Yeah, but he'd be his half brother because this guy's a full giant. So oh. they'd have to have a different parent. Well, I, I listen, I, I don't I don't talk to Hagrid. That's fair. That's fair. You probably should. I'm not okay. As close to Hagrid as you are. Excuse me. So we've got the big picture. Right. We've got the big picture here. Do you have any facts for me this week? Oh, absolutely. I've got um, Layla Presents Bunyan Facts. Ooh, Layla Presents Bunyan Facts. Number one, bone up on your feet. Every okay. human foot. What? I said, okay. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't know it was a call and response. Whoop, there it is. Shaka, laka, shaka, laka, shaka, laka, shaka, whoop. Every human foot has 26 bones, meaning that 25% of all the bones inside your body are actually located in your feet. I actually have 29. Do you really? No. Uh, <laughs> cryptid. Number two, ladies' toes are gross. Really? Women, women Takes are, all types. Women are 10 times more likely to develop bunion deformities than men. Hmm. Is it because of their uh, footwear? Uh, you know what? Probably. 
it's not. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a, an inherent like an. You don't think they're just trait. naturally more prone to it due to their uh, chromosomes. their delicateness <laughs> to their hystericalness. Uh, no, I think it's probably the fact that they wear high heels. Uh, Number three, humans are almost all deformed. I know I am. Me too. Yep. Roughly eighty-five percent of people have legs that are two different sizes. Mm. Often, this discrepancy results in an uneven gait and a bunion on the foot of the leg that's longer. Okay, I could see that because you're uh, pressing up against it harder. That's right. Well, three great bunion facts, but back to Paul Bunyan. Where are we going to start with the big man? Or shall we call him Fabian Fournier? Okay, so he also... This guy was a real guy. He was a guy that was alive, and his name was Fabian Fournier. Yeah, and he was a cryptid. He was a... But... Doctors didn't know at the time that he was a cryptid and that he was going to be. I don't know. I mean, he was born to Mrs. Fournier up in uh, Montreal. You don't, you don't know any of his. There's not much on the backstory of okay. Mrs. Fournier. Well, and his family. you take me to the beginning of what we got. I'll stop cutting okay. you off. As the legend goes, it took five storks to deliver the infant Paul Bunyan to his parents in Bangor, Maine. Bangor, Maine. Okay. Uh, he was also said to have been born in Bemidji, Minnesota. Okay. Akeley, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota seems more where I picture him. Brainerd, Minnesota. Yeah. Ba- Bangor, Maine. But Bangor, Maine. Obviously, he's a New England man. Yeah, I say Bangor, Maine because you know what? He Stephen King always uses that statue of him in his movies and books. Fair enough. It's in It, you know, in the new It's too. Okay. It's major part. In the in the uh, in the book, it does too. It plays a major part. But he was of French Canadian descent. Uh, he was a French Canadian, but he was born in America. Oh well, that's just that's the Paul Bunyan part. We're talking about Paul Bunyan now. Okay, As what's the relationship between Fabian and He's Paul? Really, Fabian Fournier. Okay. We'll get there. We're now we're talking about the Paul Bunyan that Okay, let's talk about the 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 kayfabe Paul Bunyan. Right. Uh so he was delivered by uh five storks. Okay. Uh unlike us, we were delivered by one stork. Well, I was delivered by four, but that I'm really different. Nope. Oh, uh, okay. You keep tricking me. I catch you again. When he grew older, one drag of his um axe created the Grand Canyon. Yep. That's true. That is fact. Geologists have backed that up. The footprints of Babe the Blue Ox filled with water and became uh, Minnesota's 10,000 lakes. Yeah, he was really stomping all over there. Yeah, and he was really big. Yeah, big, big ox. His species is giant. Yep, that makes sense. Occupation lumberjack. Okay, I got that part right. Yet in the same information, it said he was born in America. It says nationality, French-Canadian slash American, which makes no sense. Well, he could be born to French-Canadian-American parents. That may be what happened. Um, So this giant lumberjack monster cryptid, um, his tales revolve around his superhuman labors, kind of like a mean Hercules. And he is uh, accompanied by Babe the Blue Ox. And he's canonically mean in these stories. Uh, not in the um, American kind of ad men stories, you know, that became not in the tall tales in the tall tales. He was a nicer, gentler Paul, you know? Yeah. Just a hardworking guy. Just wanted to make a buck and hang out with his ox. I'm just cutting down trees. You're like, "Ah, who cares about this? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's not a great thing to do. 
Uh, there are many hypotheses, uh, hypotheses mm-hmm. about the etymology of the name Paul Bunyan. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of them being that there was a real Paul Bunyan, speaking to my point. Much of the commentary focuses on the French-Canadian origin for the name. Phonetically, Bunyan is similar to the Quebecois expression Bonyan, okay. expressing surprise or astonishment like Bonyan. Bonyan! Bonyan! Zutalor! Oh, she's nude. Bonyan! Uh, the English surname Bunyan is derived from the same root as Bunyan in the old French Bunyan, referring to a large lump or swelling. Mm, like a bunion. Like a bunion. Several researchers have attempted to trace Paul Bunyan to the character of Bon Jean of French Canadian folklore. Bon Jean, Bon Jean, Bon Jean. No, yeah, 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 no, I get it. I see it. You there? The thing is, J and Y are different sounds, so I'm going to just throw that one out. What do you mean? Bon Jean, Bon Jean. Carl Jung. Well, touche. Thank you. Paul Bunyan's stories circulated for 30 years before being published. In contrast to the lengthy narratives and published material, Paul Bunyan oral stories were presented in short fragments, like instead of like a whole thing, it was just like, oh, he's a dick. Okay. Uh, some of the, no, they would be like, yeah, he's. Oh, yeah, you know who made that, uh, that mountain over there? That was, uh, used to be Paul Bunyan's shit. Yeah, exactly. That, they would just make all the time. They'd be like, oh, Paul Bunyan's shit, and it became a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we got Mount Turd. He, he sneezed, and then there was the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Uh, some of these stories include motifs from older folktales, such as absurdly severe weather, fearsome critters, which, you know. Yeah, we love a fearsome critter. We love that. Parallels in early printings support the view that at least a handful of Bunyan's stories hold a common origin in folklore. The first okay. known reference of Paul Bunyan appeared in 1893 in the uh, Gladwin County record. Under the Beaverton local section, it reads, Paul Bunyan, spelled like the Bunyan on your foot, okay. is getting ready while the water is high to take his drive out. Mm, yeah, because he's got to push out a lot of logs. Because he what? chops down so many trees. He needs the river to be high. He's getting ready while the water is high to take his drive out. Yeah, he's going to drive all the logs he cut down to the lumber mill. <laughs> and to do that, he needs a high water level in the river. As right, long as it makes sense to someone. Yeah, oh, yeah. Trust me. Are you it, ready for this? This is want... all coming together. Well, Great then you report. tell me what the, the earliest recorded story was in 1904 in the Duluth News Tribune. Would you like to hear it? Yes. It's really good. Okay, I love it. You'll have to tell me what it means afterwards. Okay, we'll decipher it together. His pet joke... And the one with which the greenhorn at the camp is sure to be tried consists of a series of imaginative tales about the year Paul Bunyan lumbered in North Dakota. Mm. The great Paul is represented as getting out countless millions of timber in the year of the blue snow. Yeah. The men's shanty in his camp covered a half section, and the mess camp was a stupendous affair. The range on which an army of cooks prepared the beans and red horse was so long that when the cooks wanted to grease it up for the purpose of baking the wheat cakes in the morning, they strapped two large hams to his feet and started him running up and down a half mile of black glistening stovetop. Yep. <laughs> so, in order to uh, cook him his breakfast at this camp, they would need a, a stove that was a half mile long. 
and they had to grease it up by putting hams on people's feet and letting them ice skate around on it. Yeah. Boy, that sounds fun. That is, I thought that was kind of a funny part of the story. Yeah, it's charming. And uh, later in that story, it was the first uh, time they alluded to his large stature, where they said he was eight feet tall and weighed 300 pounds, which back then was the equivalent of about 14 feet tall, because everyone was, you know, 4'11". Yeah, and I'm going to be honest, even if I was eight feet tall, I don't know if I would need a half mile of breakfast. That's (laughs) a lot of breakfast. Well, he was very, he weighed 300 pounds. 300? Yeah, it's funny. He was an offensive lineman. I was listening to like uh, a Barnum and Bailey, like a podcast about uh, P.G. Yeah. Barnum. And they're talking about like his original fat man that he had in the show. And he's, like, and he's 325. Like, <laughs> I'm 260. <laughs> yeah, a real cautionary tale, I suppose. Jesus Christ, I could be in the circus. Um, in, not in today's circus, circus, not with the inflation that we've got. <laughs> uh, Kay Bernice Stewart. A student at uh, Wisconsin made a scholarly anthology of original anecdotes through a series of interviews. These were published in 1916 as Legends of Paul Bunyan, Lumberjack. Mm. The research concludes that Paul Bunyan belongs to a class of traveler's tales. Okay. So like a Johnny Appleseed. Exactly. Like a Pecos Bill. And uh, yeah, that's the same class. Uh, I happen to think uh, it's not a tale, but... Cabernet Stewart said, Bunyan was a powerful giant, eight feet tall with a stride of seven feet. He was famous throughout the lumbering districts uh, districts for his great physical strength. Okay. Yeah. Big guy. Now, this is where it all took a turn. Dun, dun, dun. In 1916, ad copywriter Bill Lofhead, or Loghead, I'm called Lofhead, okay. wrote an ad pamphlet for the Red River Lumber Company using Paul Bunyan. His first endeavor was a pamphlet entitled Introducing Mr. Paul Bunyan of Westwood, California. From but California? Not... Come on. Yeah, I know. That's ridiculous. We all know that he's not from west of the Rockies. That's straight out. Stupid. But it was not effective and no one read it. Uh, it was not until Tales of Paul Bunyan Volume 2 that the campaign gained momentum. He's back, baby. Lawfed was the first to mention the name Babe for the Blue Ox, Mm. and he created the first pictorial representation of Paul Bunyan, and he increased Paul Bunyan's height to towering over trees. There you go. That's what you need. Gotta make this big guy a big fucking guy. Well, in the earlier folktales, Bunyan had been extraordinarily tall and strong. He was of human proportions. No, 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 no. No, 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 that's silly. No. You don't need five storks for a <laughs> standard human man. Let's yeah, seriously. On. I mean... They, they're got to be lugging out a baby that's the size of, I don't know, an office desk. Well, if it takes one stork for a normal baby that's, say, let's call it eight pounds, then five storks, that's a 40-pound baby. Yeah, minimum. That's, oh my God, birthing that. Oh, no. You, that's what the storks are for. You don't have to birth it. Well, don't you birth it and then give it to the storks to fly it? Fly it back to you? <laughs> yeah, take it for a spin. I don't believe that's the canon stork origin, but we'll oh, have I... to do an episode about storks. Oh my God, the stork birth. That'd be a great episode. We'll just make it up. I'm uh, sure there's some sort of point of origin. I'd be I'd be interested to know where that concept comes from. I would love to know. I think we should do um one about birth and sex and like, you know, all that stuff and storks and and you know, mating. Yeah. 
Yeah, sounds good. We'll get all of your cryptid Cryptids facts facts. about boning and babies. Paul Bunyan um, in the Lofthead Chronicles found a female giant as a spouse. Oh, good for him. Detailed in Paul Bunyan's wife. Her first name is not revealed in the story. She is only referred to as Mrs. Paul. Mm. So maybe they did name her. Maybe her name was like Denise Paul. Could be. Could be. So Maybe it's just a coincidence. That's interesting because I think that dovetails perfectly into a new segment we're trying this season. What's that? That segment is, of course, Come and Date Ethan. Oh, Christ. single back on the scene oh yeah looking for love in all the wrong places well you're looking in the right place now brother you're looking to the listeners of this podcast (laughs) that that is certainly the right place so what i'm gonna do every week i'm just gonna we're just gonna touch base see things are going i'm gonna have a couple questions prepared gonna start off with some real softballs right here well wait what is the what is the segment about what is the segment is going to be about you and it's going to be about you looking for love the adventures okay. of a 40 something single dad out there trying to make it happen it, it implies that i'm like 47 i'm only i just turned 42 so obviously you can see he's very secure in himself and his own <laughs> skin so he's got that going for him uh so ethan let's start off first just two questions for this first initial installment of come and date ethan certainly what are you looking for in a partner right now? Where's your head at? Are you looking for the one? Are you looking for just somebody to have a fun weekend with? What? What? Where's your head at? I'm looking for someone that's not verbally abusive. Okay. Uh, no, I, I, I'm looking for someone that is. Uh, I'm not. I don't know what I'm looking for them for. Whether it's you know hanging out or or marriage or just a date or just watching a TV. I'm not sure what you know what I'm looking for. But I know I would like them to be sweet. Okay. Warm. Okay. Be very warm hearted. Uh, I would like them to have a nice sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, they must be attractive. <laughs> okay. So there you go. And uh, what do you think? Question number two. Right. What are you bringing to the table? What do you have to offer the woman that's looking for? Say something nice about yourself. Oh, Christ. Um, I can I'm, get you started. I'm reasonably bright. 
I'd say um, that's true. I I've been known to say some funny things every now and then. I'm a I'm pleasant to be with. I think um, so. I'm I'm uh, I, I'm not annoying. Like uh, I, I won't make you go out all the time, and like I'm not like let's go to the club. I'm not one of those dudes. Okay, that's douchey. Yeah, especially um, at our age. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, and I'm kind. I'm a kind person, and I have a good heart. A really good heart, I think. I think all of that is spot on. So tune in, listeners, as we uh, proceed to see what what happens. And if you want to get to know Ethan on a more personal <laughs> level, feel free to reach out to us. You can shoot us an email. You can send us a message. Or if you have a super desperate friend. Yeah, or if you know someone that, and let's face it, listeners, you don't have to be super desperate. You can just be uh, a woman of uh, refined taste and good judgment. <laughs> oh my! So God. back to Paul Bunyan. What an awkward segment. Oh, Don't God. worry, it's gonna keep getting better. I've got I'm ideas sure. for future episodes. I'm sure. I'm I'm uh, down for it. I mean, I'm, or, or as the kids say, I'm here for it. Yes, as the kids say, always a great phrase to include when you're talking about yourself as a. I mean, man. I'm here for it. <laughs> so because I'm hip. Yes. What's important? So you, so you want to appeal to someone that's looking for someone that's hip. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's my main thing. Is that I'm hip. You know, what? I should have started also, there. I'm hip. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like an influencer of some yeah, type would be I'm a like great a match for you. I'm like, I'm like one of those YouTube streamers. I'm like a men's rights activist. Yes. I'm like an Andrew Tate. That's, yeah. That's, you're basically get what you're really looking for is to start a. St- Stable of sex workers. Right, right. I'd like to human traffic you. So uh, if you'd like to uh, get get in on that at the bottom floor, you don't want to be the last girl. You want to no, be no. Girl. Trust me. In this pyramid scheme, now is the time to get on board when yeah. you can start recruiting others. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. So Paul Bunyan, very tall, had a wife, Mrs. Paul. Right. Little rhyme there. That's how you can remember that. Paul. Yeah. Very tall. Had a wife, Mrs. Paul. Um. I'm trying to think of a woman who last name Paul, like a celebrity, but I can't think who I can't think of one. No, all I can think of is Rand Paul. Is <laughs> he... That would be funny. Oh, if oh he fucked Rand Paul. That or yeah, if he's a descendant of Paul, but <laughs> <laughs> well, he is an asshole. And but yeah, he, they got that again. He might have won that fight with his neighbor when his neighbor beat him up. I don't yeah, if he, he would, just had a hint of that height and muscle. Yeah, but, but then who up. knows? You always say reach is over over uh, evaluated. <laughs> the uh the tale uh where paul meets his wife mrs paul also mentions that they had a daughter named tiny okay is it ironic no they just named her tiny it's a pretty name i'm uh, fair enough but she's also quite tall though i th- uh, yes i would I, I would assume so I and mrs paul mrs paul was tall mrs paul was a giant okay so it's nice that giant. they found each other yeah, you know, I mean, it's odd, actually, they found each other, because you would think that it'd be hard to find another giant. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess what's you both stand out in a crowd, right? Yeah. Like, I guess you'd they be able to just up. make eye contact. Like, oh, yeah. I know a giant. Yeah, and, like, you or, like, let's say you were both, like, at uh, at the club, and then you look across the club, and there's another person that's 14 feet tall. You'd have to <laughs> be like, well, shit, let me Our eyes <laughs> see if I can get her. We were the only ones who could see over the crowd. Yeah, see if I can get her a drink served in a garbage can. <laughs> and uh, and another tale, Paul Bunyan finds a wife 
describes Paul's rescuing a lovely red-haired giant lady who mm. had been trapped underneath an avalanche after a great storm, and the grateful maiden, fittingly named Sylvia after the Latin word for forest, mm. fell in love with and married Paul. Okay, so that still is... Could Sylvia be Mrs. Paul? Uh, no, the, either he had two wives or it was Sylvia Paul. Okay, there we go. I think he married Sylvia Paul and she was a redhead. Fair enough. And, they, and then they their descendant is Rand Paul. So there you have it. That's all canon. The Lofhead pamphlets remain popular, collected in a single volume titled The Marvelous Exploits of Paul Bunyan. Mm, okay. Finally. Uh, Both in one volume. Two fun facts. Paul Bunyan also fought in the Revolutionary War, apparently. Okay. He batted down cannonballs with his bare hands. Okay. So he's been around for a hot minute. Oh, he, he, I think he's eternal. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, once he was brought by the storks back before the Revolutionary War, which also lends credence to the idea of him being born in Bangor, because I don't think there was any sort of lumberjack camps out in Wisconsin or Minnesota or wherever it was. Not at back that around time, the, right? No, not at that point. So, yeah, if he was in the Revolutionary War, he's a he's going to be a New England boy, I bet. If, if he was born in the States. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or he could have emigrated. But right. still, still not from Wisconsin would be my assumption. Now, they did some children's adaptations. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1958, uh, Disney produced Paul Bunyan as an animated short musical. And okay. Paul competes with his axe in a tree chopping contest against a steam powered mechanical saw. I remember that one. Classic. That's troubling. I mean, let's face it. That's very similar to what we see going on right now uh, with strikers out in Hollywood trying to <laughs> shut down AI. the use of AI. <laughs> Get that technology out of Henry. <laughs> yes. A common story of workers struggling to remain relevant in a world of AI increasing can't technology. Write, AI no, just, it can't. Everything I've ever seen it do is shit. It just guesses what writers would write, and it's horrible at it. I mean, it does. It can't be creative. It's by definition, it will never be able to write. It can. What it can do is come up with premises that you can work from. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent solidarity with uh, the writers of the Writers Guild and the actors of SAG-AFTRA. And fuck anyone who like even thinks about using, oh, we could use AI to help write instead of using writers. Like, get out of here, you asshole. Like, really? No, no, fuck that. In the 1995 Disney film Tall Tale, Paul mm. Bunyan is played by Oliver Platt. Perfect. Contrary to the usual image of Bunyan's gigan- uh, giantism, I would say. Not gigantism, right? I, I think they both are apt. I like giantism. He is Paul, both giant and gigantic. Platt's Paul is depicted as a man of average height, but compensated with a larger-than-life personality consistent with the film's over-the-top nature. Perfect for Oliver Platt. That sucks. I mean, they should have made him big. But yeah. all, if you're gonna, if that's the direction you go, Oliver Platt is a great casting choice. Like, Oliver Platt's so larger-than-life that we don't need to make him tall? Like He what? can fill up a room. He can yeah. fill up a screen. <laughs> Just like Paul Bunyan would. You know, it's just like, you know, Angela Bassett is like five foot two. Is she really? Yeah, but she acts her way to six feet tall. Are you kidding me? She's five. She is so powerful. She is. She's incredible. She was great. And she was recently, I saw an American horror story, the witch one. And she oh, was she was great. Great. In oh, as the voodoo, voodoo lady. Yeah. 
60 um, million practitioners worldwide. In the uh, Pixar movie Toy, uh, Toy Story, mm. Sid has a parody poster in his room for Killing Paul Bunyan and his Blue Bull of Doom, which is more, you know, correct than the usual. Yeah, yeah. So what? So when are we going to get to this real story? Where That's in Israel. Oh, okay. Sounds great. I cannot wait. I am waiting with bated breath. Now, do you know what Operation Paul Bunyan is? Uh, I believe, is it to create a race of giant super soldiers for the American Marines? <laughs> that, that would be awesome. Uh, no, it's a real thing. Um, it's so the, is mine. It's, <laughs> I apologize. That was too, that was flippant and I apologize. Uh, the Korean axe murder incident. Oh, okay. Was the killing of two... It was when Paul Bunyan killed two Koreans with an axe. The Korean axe murder incident was the killing of two U.S. Army officers mm. um, by North Korean soldiers in 1976 in the JSA, in the DMZ, in the Korean demilitarized zone. Yeah. The U.S. Army officers had been part of a work party cutting down a poplar tree in the JSA. Yep, shouldn't be doing that. Three days later, American and South Korean forces launched Operation Paul Bunyan, an mm. operation that cut down the tree with a show of force to intimidate North Korea into backing down, which occurred. North okay. Korea then accepted responsibility for the earlier killings, making the operation a success. You're going to kill two of our soldiers? <laughs> well, we're going to chop down this tree. How about that, North Korea? <laughs> America wins again every time. Yeah, that was a, that's a weak one there. I don't know how we. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd call that one a W for the old <laughs> U.S. of A. Well, we killed their Korean tree. I mean, take that. Well, it was also a South Korean tree. If it's oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we killed it though. I mean, we, listen, we got that motherfucking tree. We will never let you kill any more of us. <laughs> kill as many as you want. We'll cut down that tree. We're For every crazy. two American soldiers you kill, we will kill one South Korean tree. <sighs> <laughs> you want some Layla Presents Bunyan facts? Yes. Layla Presents Bunyan Facts. Number four. Bad news, Americans. <laughs> Bad news, Americans. Look around. Yeah. <laughs> Turn on the news. Uh, approximately 75% of Americans will experience foot health issues of varying degrees of severity at least one time in their lives. Oh, yeah. Have you had foot issues? Uh, yeah, I had some pretty bad plantar fasciitis. I had to get some, oh, that's bad. Uh, some orthopedic insoles. It felt like I had a knot the size of a golf ball right under the uh, uh, top of my, the, right, not under the heel, the arch of my foot. Yeah. A lot of a lot of running backs get that. It hurts so fucking bad. I I'm would, sorry, like, man. Dig my keys into my foot to Ooh. try and like work the knot out, but eventually I just got some way too expensive orthopedic insoles, and uh, they've helped a lot. Well, they weren't too expensive in that case. No, it was worth it. I, they were ripping me off a little bit, but at that point, I didn't care. Number five, more bad news, Americans. Oh, look around look again. Around. <laughs> About 19% of the U.S. population has 1.4 feet problems per year. Okay. Wow, so pretty pretty epidemic. It is. America has a lot of feet problems, among other problems. It's because we work too much. It is. We, ha we are just scurrying around for our local capitalist. 
Yeah. You got to put your feet up every now and then, guys. I got to be careful saying stuff like that or I'll get thrown out of Florida. Fair enough. Yeah, they won't allow you in. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I got offered a job in Florida. I told you that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were like, you'll have to move to Florida, though. I was like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, good one. <laughs> I was like, I'm on my way. <laughs> uh, just get the Nazis ready at Disney World. Um, Number six. Stop stuffing those big feet into little British knights. Small shoes can lead to bunion issues. According to a study by the American Foot and Ankle Society, of the 88% of women who wear shoes that are too small, 55% have bunions. See, what was I telling you? It's you because of the shoes. You were absolutely right. Wow. It wasn't because they're hysterical. Once again, vindicated. <laughs> so tell me, is there more Paul Bunyan or are we on to the next segment? We are on to the next segment. Thank God, because I felt like I was going crazy. Where are you with going this? Crazy? Is this guy French? Is he American? Is he, does he have two wives? Does he, the whole thing situation is crazy. But can it love? A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. It might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. It's so romantic. And this might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? Can it love? Uh, I think it, it certainly can love. Uh, it being I, him. Yeah. Well, you asked, can it love? I think. Yeah. It, yeah. What do you can want me to do? Love? Can he love? Well, now it's can he love? He, he can love. Um, it it um, has a wife in one of the stories. Uh, yeah. Mrs. Paul. The red Yeah, possibly Mrs. two Paul. wives. Right. And it, of course, procreated because that's how we got Rand Paul. Uh, yeah, tiny down to Rand Paul. Right. Uh, t- yes, tiny, of course, was the first. Uh, down to Ron and then Rand. Ron and Rand. Right. Rand so- famously named after Anne Rand. Always a good idea for your child. <laughs> Is that right? That has to be right. I can't imagine it isn't. Anne Rand. Rand Paul. Oh, my God. He was going to be a dickhead no matter what. Like there was, yeah, no that, way. yeah, sins of the father right there. Yeah, I know. It was just he was he was a lock. Um, Let me show you a very important book, son. I, this I, book <laughs> you get your name from. <laughs> Atlas shrugged. It's called the Fountainhead, <laughs> and it's about how rich people don't owe you nothing. <laughs> it's about bootstraps and all kinds of amazing things. Um, can it love um it can procreate uh i think it's an asshole but even assholes can love so i won't hold that against it and uh, i think it can love another giant lumberjack lady like uh denise paul i not denise tiny paul denise would be a very funny name yeah denise would be a great name for his redheaded wife sylvia paul 
Sylvia Paul, that's right. Yes. Forrest. I I do think that he could love his wife Sylvia. Because I'm pretty sure well, I guess they're both giants and they're both similar scale. Yeah. She's yeah. probably about 13 13 feet tall. All right. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I think I'm going to just hope that these two can love. Can you go on a date with Paul Bunyan? What's your dream date with Paul Bunyan? My dream date with Paul Bunyan. <laughs> it's just a, such a ridiculous fucking question. You know, what's my dream date with Paul Bunyan? Like what? I well, guess I, I, I guess I'd bring him to like, I, I'd probably bring him to Kansas and be like, Shibble, guess who I'm on a date with? All right. I got to be honest, like, I would fast. show him off. I, I would be like, I would show him off. I'd be like, I'm on a date with Paul Bunyan. I would definitely bring him to you. Yeah, I'm going to say we're definitely going to have to go outdoors. Yeah, he loves the outdoors. And he won't be able to fit inside my house. I don't think he'd be able to get through the door. You don't have a 14-foot tall door? Hmm? Your door isn't 14 feet? No. No, not quite 14 feet tall. You know, we keep our buildings short here in Kansas. You better get on tornadoes. your blind game. Uh, and let me see. I guess, you know what? Let's go. Maybe it's because I so much identify him with Americana. But I say, let's go catch a Royals game. Let's oh, head up to Casey. Nice. Let's have a nice afternoon in the park. Uh, obviously, spend, we'll baby? end up on the uh, fan cam. <laughs> the kiss cam. The kiss cam because he's a celebrity. <laughs> and you know, and maybe the camera will pan down to me and I'll be like, I'm here too. I'm with Paul. <laughs> I'm with Paul. Would you kiss him on the kiss cam? I might give him a little peck on the cheek. It's only a first date. You can't go. Yeah, down. just on the cheek, just for the cameras. It's fun. They're gonna boo if you do it on the cheek. Well, they'll get over it. I you know I was on the kiss cam once with I won't say with who, but I grabbed her face and licked her from the bottom of her jaw to her forehead. We were dating at the time. This was a while ago. This is not my most recent ex who is uh Yes, humorless. listeners, exciting to date Ethan. <laughs> Tune but, in for this story. Go on. But we got we got a huge cheer from the audience. Well, I, That's I awesome. Yeah, it was it was it was exciting, yeah. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I wasn't going to be on the screen and do a normal kiss. I mean, No, you, you got to you got to mix it up. Yeah. You have to either look at her and like just not do it or do a huge something, you know? Or kiss them you kiss some dude next to you, you don't know. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have fun with it. Yeah, I, I agree. So can he fuck? That sounds crazy, but can he fuck? Of course, he's the father of Tiny Bunyan. Yeah, I mean we have demonstrative proof. What we need to do is go get a DNA test from Rand Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I I really think this is a great theory that Rand Paul is related to Paul Bunyan. So you got to figure if I he's feel like that almost, would bother him. Do you think he'd be upset and be like, "I'm from a proud line of Pauls," it, it, and we'd be like, "Yeah, like Paul Bunyan." He'd be like, "No, not Paul Bunyan. No, his first name was Paul. My last name was Paul. Well, he was married to Mrs. Paul. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. She Wait, changed what? her name to Bunyan, but Were she you kept her maiden name. Will you go on Twitter and assert that at him? I'll see what I can do. I'll track okay. down his app. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to... What What do you think he's bringing to the table? What do you think he's packing? If you had to compare it to another oh. object. He's got to have a dong that's almost three times the size of a, a normal man dong. Well, there's right? two ways you could go here. Okay. Number one, you could go... How many storks did it take? Five storks. 
So it's five times the normal penis, you could say, which means it would be 60 inches long. It would be something pretty impressive. Yes. Well, I'm just going by my normal Just by penis. yourself. Yes. yes. Uh, number two is you could go by the Shaq rule, where the story is that the guy in the bathroom goes, looks at his penis, and Shaq goes, yeah, it's you know, you're surprisingly normal, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And Big so, dude, normal dick. Yeah. So he could be the Shaq rule, too. It's true. So if we're going to go, put him somewhere in the range between, let's say, 7 to 60 inches long. No, I think Shaq is smaller than that. All right. you think oh, We'll put him down to 4 to 60 inches. No, I don't think he's 4 inches. Not 4. Some, okay. 5 and a half to, to 15. All right. But I'm going to say no matter what, uh, it's going to have uh, at least the girth of a grapefruit. <laughs> if it was five inches long and had the girth of a grapefruit, it would be the funniest penis of all time. Yeah, he would. Uh, that would be tough. That would explain why he'd be so mad. It's fight night! Ding, ding, ding! Fight. Okay. So, we got two big men coming into the octagon here. Yes, we've got Paul Bunyan versus how many prime seven foot one, three hundred and forty pound Shaquille O'Neal's. And now this was mentioned in the story, but it did not come up in your details. Does Paul Bunyan canonically have two rows of teeth? Yes. Okay. That's a that's an advantage. We can't discount that if he's going to be biting. He and does. He will bite. Yeah. If I, I had two we, rows I of teeth, we almost should do is it is real before fight night. Well, let, no, let's just let's go. Just do, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's stick strange. with the tall tale. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll go with the tall tale. So I'm going to say, and he's a good shape. He's a lumberjack. Does he have his axe? Yes, he always has his axe. He's always got his double-headed axe, and he swings it both ways. And he's got Babe. Or oh, Brinny. and he's got Brinny. Babe with... Brinny is the pink eye. He's, he's got Brinny with him. Okay. Boy, Brinny, and Brinny is... How big is Brinny, are we saying? Um, I, I think... I mean, it, it, it just... It, it depends, because Babe the Blue Ox is you know, made the 10,000 lakes in Minnesota, but okay. Brinny the pink ox is just a big ox. All right. Let's split the diff. Let's say that <laughs> Brinny is a thousand pounds. He's a huge ox. And does Shaq get to bring Penny Hardaway? Uh, let's say, yes, Shaq gets to bring his best friend, Penny. <laughs> I'm going to say we're going to need... For both of them, uh, three shacks, four pennies. Three shacks, four pennies is what I'm going with. I say one shack, 22 pennies. Wow, interesting strategy. So what's the exchange rate here? How many pennies does it take to make a shack? Uh, no, that's not what I'm doing. I'm doing, we swarm them with pennies. Okay. To take away the axe and to busy uh, Brinny. Yeah. And uh, while they're fighting them off, Shaq is gouging Paul Bunyan's eyes out of his head. Yeah. Shaq loves to go for the eyes for his giant opponents because he's a smart fighter. 
He is in- incredibly intelligent. And with his reach and strength, he could scale Paul Bunyan pretty quickly. I could climb him in three seconds. I'm saying we could probably have four pennies distracting Babe the Blue Ox. Right. While three shacks could take down Paul and then move from there to finish off Babe the Blue Ox. But it sounds better if it's just one shack and 22 pennies. Oh, I see. I was thinking that sounded worse because that was just so many pennies. But it's but like, it's once like, once again, that comes down to the exchange rate. It's like with the one bad witch and all the flying. Uh, oh, that sounds bad, doesn't it? <laughs> no. Let's say you had, it's sort of like if you ever seen that internet meme that's like you have $15 and you can get so many of these. Let's say a shack by your rubric costs like, what, $10 and a penny costs uh, like 30 cents or something. I don't know. 33 and a third cent. Yeah. I don't know. Somewhere around there. More than, no, it would be less than that. It would be 25 cents. Okay. So is that, that your exchange rate? Yes. Okay. Four yeah. Pennies that, the dollar. that your way would be cheaper. Yeah. I, that, that's how I'm looking at it because I don't mind losing some pennies, but the shack is very important to me. So you're saying you would need 40 pennies to take down one shack. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally how I think. Okay, so there you have it. One shack, 20 pennies. (laughs) Next up, we have Paul Bunyan versus Maul Funkin. That's uh, Paul Bunyan versus Darth Maul and Bootsy Collins. Okay. Does Darth Maul have his double-ended lightsaber? Uh, No, he forgot it. Who knows? Maybe. Okay. That thing, uh, I bet that's going to beat the axe. Oh my and god. He's, just, he's right so nipple. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna put this at Bootsy Collins, he's just gonna be providing the soundtrack, really That's... jazzing Darth Maul up. I'm gonna put this one on We got the funk. Yeah. Give a... and he'd be like Vroom. you know, with that yeah. double lightsaber. Give yeah, like a funk. like a nasty grin on his face, like gotcha. Got you. Oh, that's all whirling awesome. around. Yeah. Paul Bunyan versus Voldemort. Paul Bunyan. Really? Yes, because everybody involved with Harry Potter deserves to be killed. Okay, Paul Bunyan versus... This is serious. This okay. is a serious one. This is a, I got my game face on. All things being equal, height and weight being the same. Okay. Paul Bunyan versus Amanda Nunez. Amanda Nunez is... Uh, she she just retired, but she was the bantamweight and featherweight champion of the UFC women's divisions. Does Paul have his axe? No. Okay, yeah, then I got to uh yeah, I got to put this on Nuñez. Really? I mean, she's Paul is a trained lumberjack, she's a trained fighter, and they you've taken away the size advantage. Right? So, the same size, I'm going to put the money on the trained fighter in a fight. Excellent. I just wanted to hear it. I just want everyone to know that Amanda Nunez would kick Paul Bunyan's ass, it would just destroy yeah. him. You you create a 14-foot tall Amanda Nunez, that's somebody you don't want to meet in a dark alley. Paul Bunyan versus Link from Zelda. Okay, Link does take down a lot of larger opponents. That's what I was thinking. Is this Zelda 1? It's any <laughs> any Zelda. Any Zelda, okay. He could have the hammer. Okay, he's got the hammer. That'll be... Well, no, because Paul Bunyan being that tall, he's going to have thick skin. You're going to want the Master Sword for this. <gasps> that's, gonna... that's what Dan Allegra said. The Master Sword is important. 
Yeah, you're going to want to stun him with your boomerang and then get those downward strikes on his head. I'm going to put this one on link. We have Paul Bunyan versus Room 1408. Don't know what that is. You never saw uh, 1408? Oh, is that the one with John Cusack? Yeah. Uh, okay, so Paul Bunyan versus a haunted room. Paul Bunyan could not fit in that room. He is going yes, to push it from the outside with his massive arms. Paul was, Bunyan. You've never seen that movie? I did, but it would have been like 15, 20 years ago. Okay, so not like a I think point. I saw it when it first came out on DVD and never thought about it again. Paul Bunyan versus The Creeper and The Creepier. That's the pedo Victor Salva and the monster from Jeepers Creepers. Okay. Okay. I was thinking the creeper being the creature, the superhero created by Steve Ditko for DC Comics in the mid-70s. <laughs> you, no. you would be incorrect. Once again, we've got a a, a, a Finding Nemo situation. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to put my money in this one on uh, Paul Bunyan because I think his body parts would be too large for the creeper to use to replace himself, right? Oh, that'd That's be funny, though, if he, like, if lost he just his had arm a, and had one huge arm. giant Paul Bunyan arm? Yeah. <laughs> just one great. massive foot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he could continue like that. I think you make an excellent point. And that was Fight Night. Wow, what a fight. What a night. Boy, they don't make him like that anymore, except on Uncle Monster, where we do every two weeks. That's right. Uh, so, do you have any more? Layla presents Bunyan Bats. Number seven. 10% of feet are effed. Approximately one out of every 10 Americans suffers from plantar fasciitis at some point during their lifetime. There we go. There you go. You, the, you, uh, you're 10% chance and, and you get it. Doesn't that make you feel unlucky? Yeah. Well, no, because you don't have AIDS. You just got plantar fasciitis. So you yeah, if I'm going to get a bad thing, it could be worse. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that that's kind of lucky, actually. Yeah, I got my thing treated, and I'm fine now. Number eight. And, and if you had AIDS, you could get it treated, but you would not be fine. Well, I might be fine. You know, people out there living with AIDS are living perfectly healthy lives now. You know, it's come Magic such Johnson a long way. Johnson looks healthier than I have ever looked. Yeah, the it's amazing what medical technology has done for AIDS, and that's amazing. That, I love that. I yeah. mean, really, because people were dying, man. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's fantastic that the the medical community got on board with taking this as like this is going to be a thing that we're going to be focusing up on. This is a big problem, and it showed a lot of results. There's you know still what, a long way to go, but God bless them. You know what troubles me? Tell me. I was the biggest Eddie Murphy fan in the world. You remember that? Oh yes, and. I was the biggest fan of Delirious. I thought it was the funniest stand-up ever. And now I looked back at it, and it's the most hateful yeah. thing I've ever seen. And I, I, it just makes me sad. Yeah. And you could say it was a different time, but even then it, it wasn't. It doesn't okay. matter because it's not that time now. Yeah. You, you know, and I'll, you just got to look at it and again. say, you know, it is what it is. And it's time to put that behind me. You know? Do you think Eddie Murphy was self-hatred? It was full of self-hatred and he's a homosexual. Do you think that's what was going on? I don't, I don't know enough about his personal life. Uh, but you I, can't, you can't do a whole segment on gay people using the F word for 20 minutes and not have something going on. I mean, there are a lot of people who are just really fucking hateful and it's just because that's who they are. You know, uh, you'd, 
you don't want to. But it shows it, it, it illustrates a, a fascination. And and it also illustrates what you know because it's not like he was doing that contemporaneously. That stuff that he was workshopping in clubs. Oh I'm yeah, sure, that's showing what people are responding to, which is even oh more he was A B testing. He was going out in clubs and testing it out. And yeah, he was he was tightening that up. Yeah. yeah, it's just gross and it makes me sad. And he's like, yeah, every time I get out there and I start making fun of gay people, the crowd eats it up. So I just gotta keep on banging up let me see if i can think of another five minutes of horrible slurs that i could say is it wrong that there's one joke that still makes me laugh no i mean it can be funny and wrong they can be both things okay. at the same time but, and you just have to just choose bad because he was so funny and he used it in that way instead of like a better way you know yeah, instead had... of uplifting a yeah, he had a superpower almost yeah and he didn't use it for good okay number eight stop Hammer toe. <laughs> Hammer toe is the deformity that causes either the second or third toe to curl or bend downward instead of pointing straight ahead. Mm. That's gross. Yeah. Unless um, you guys have it and then it's fine. And I <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hey, we all got weird things about our body. Let me look at my, my toes are nothing. To, well, I, I have nice feet. I will tell ladies that, that my feet are nice. Feet freaks. DM us for pics. <laughs> Wait, do you think I can make money on OnlyFans with just feet stuff? I'm not sure if you can make a lot. You'd have to put a lot of hustle into promoting yourself. Oh, I don't have that in me. Yeah. Okay, be like, nine. hey, new pic set dropped of my little tootsies. <laughs> Subscribe <laughs> for the uncensored. <laughs> Behind yeah, tweeting out censored picture of your feet. My tootsies. Um, number, <laughs> my tootsies. Number nine, random foot fact. The average American adult takes approximately 4,000 to 6,000 steps a day. Additionally, most Americans travel 75,000 miles on their feet by the time they reach the age of 50. Whoo! So you've, you've basically, by the age of 50, you've gone as far as, you know, like a used car that's 10 years old. Well, that's a lot of hoofing it. I'd say that I'm quaking in my boots. But I have taken my boots off to help stretch out these bare little tootsies of mine. <laughs> See more uh, behind the paywall. So uh, you got to tell me, though, is it real? Is this giant man real? Is there, was there a real giant man? Is it real? Is real? Sheket bavakasha. Hey! Okay. So... Commentators cite Paul Bunyan, like mm -hmm. the legend, as an example of fake lore. Okay. A literary invention. That's a very telling term. That leads me in a very specific direction for our segment, Is It Real? But we're not done. Okay. It's a literary invention passed off as an older folktale. Okay. Uh, they point out the majority of books about uh, Paul Bunyan are composed almost entirely of elements with no basis in folklore especially those targeted at, at kids. Modern okay. commercial writers are credited with setting Paul Bunyan on his rise to being nationally recognized. So he was created by advertising companies. Yes, like Santa. Okay, sounds like Cupid. Yeah. Like, we still got to uh, do our episode Father's about Day. Cupid. Yeah. Oh, and on Santa and Jesus. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, several authors have come forward to propose that the legend of Paul Bunyan was based on a real person, Ooh. D. Lawrence Rogers and others have suggested a possible connection between Paul Bunyan tales 
and the exploits of asshole French-Canadian lumberjack Fabian Saginaw Joe Fournier. Fabian Saginaw Joe Fournier. <laughs> now that's a handle. Saginaw Joe. Uh, Fabian Fournier. I don't know, man. I just don't like him. On just, I just don't like this guy. Uh, 18... So he was just a real French-Canadian lumberjack asshole? Yeah. yeah. From 1845, he lived till 1875. Okay. Uh, so didn't have to deal with his reign of terror for too long. From 1860, well, in those days, that was, you know, quite a while. Let's that's lived, true. 30 lived years is long longer as, than I want to live under terror. That's a year less than Jesus. Uh, from 1865 to 1875, he worked for the H.M. Loud Company in Michigan. Uh, but he was, you know, Canadian, French okay. Canadian. Uh, in his 1925 book uh, about Paul Bunyan, James Stephen makes another unverified claim that Paul Bunyan was a soldier in the uh, Papineau Rebellion named Paul Bonjon. Mm. Bonjon. And this is occasionally repeated in other accounts. Okay. Uh, but the main thing is the evil lumberjack Fabian Fournier. That's who they really think he was, the guy who was the French-Canadian who moved south and got a job as the foreman of a logging crew in Michigan after the Civil War. And he was just a just a prick, just the whole time. Yeah. He Ten was, years of being a dickhead. He was six feet tall when the average man barely cleared five, and with giant hands, and went by Saginaw Joe, and he had two complete sets of teeth, which Fucking he used to bite off hunks of wooden rails. Wow. And in his spare time, enjoyed drinking, swearing, and brawling. I mean, drinking and swearing, that's fine to a you know, limited extent. But yeah, but he likes, like, he I likes gotta to attack people. Like, that's yeah, not you cool. shouldn't. Yeah, especially when you're a foot taller than everyone you know. That's where I get, that's, that's my problem. He's a bully. Yeah, thumbs down. Uh, one November night in 1875, Fournier was murdered. And then <laughs> Paul Bunyan was murdered. They never taught us that. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that should be the end of every book. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. He was shot in the dead of night. <laughs> Um, in the in the notoriously rowdy lumber town of Bay City, Michigan, mm. his death and the sensational trial of his alleged killer, who was acquitted, uh, fueled tales of Saginaw Joe's rough and tumble life and his lumbering prowess in logging camps in Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and beyond. And who was it who killed him? Thinking back uh, to the story, um, it was obviously. The mechanized saw salesman. Adolphus Blinky Robertson. Oh, the, Blinky Robertson. The stonemason. The stonemason slash veterinarian. I made up veterinarian because oh, he okay. liked the ox. You know, but he, he did. He was killed uh, in either 1875 or early, 17, or early 1876 by Adolphus Blinky Robertson, the stonemason, who struck him in the head with his stonemason's mallet on a dock in Bay City, Michigan. Mm. And what and did Fernier actually have an ox? Uh yeah, it was pink and named Brinny. Okay, so that's where the pink ox named Brinny came from. Yes, and uh his remains, Fournier's remains, were hosted at the University of Michigan's uh, uh Michigan and where he became an oddity at the dental science department. Wow. Okay. So that is the real Paul Bunyan. He was just wow. a kind of a guy who went around being a dick and bullying people and got murdered. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs>
And it looks like we're getting the red light from Uncle Monster. Oh, it's bright. Hey, guys! Uncle! For season five. Oh, thank you, Uncle. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Just another great day being me. Now, what are we going to do until the next episode, buddy? You're going to watch a feature-length film. Which film? You should... The film... If you're curious about which film you should watch. (laughs) I am. If you haven't decided what film to watch, you should watch Bigfoot or Bust, directed (laughs) by Jim Wynorski, featuring all your favorite stars from the Wynorski Cinematic Universe. (laughs) The WCU. That sounds like a great one. I'd love to check out Bigfoot or Bust. We actually did check out Bigfoot or Bust on our Patreon. Oh, and then look, here comes Uncle Monster 2. Hi, Shibble. How are you? Man, I'm doing good, too. So tell me, you got a movie recommendation? Oh, I do. If you're a fan of getting tuliped, but you don't have your Return of Bruno cassette, I suggest checking out Fedor vs. Mirko Krokop. I love rooting for Fedor because he's a great fighter and a wonderful athlete, even though he doesn't have a six-pack. My favorite Met is Keith Hernandez. Wow, we learned a lot about Uncle Monster 2's sporting preferences. We hope you had a lot of fun learning about Paul Bunyan. And Brinny. And Brinny, a.k.a. Babe. And, and thank Fabian you guys so much for <laughs> And uh, make sure you tune in next week. We're going to be having a special guest. We'll be having Alistair Bates from Take a Look Around. Here to tell to us about Sydney's own Blue Mountain Panther. That's awesome. Yeah, so definitely stick around. That should be a lot of fun. And in the meantime, if you're looking for more fun, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Uncle Monster Six. You can find us on Twitter at Uncle Monster Podcast. And you can find us on Patreon at Uncle Monster Six. Welcome back, guys, for season five. You know we love you. We love having you here. We do it for you. And we can't wait to have you back for episode two, where we will see you next time. But until then, don't don't get get spooked. spooked.